And so I think that what the, our greatest issue right now, especially as believers is, is not about, are we doing the right thing or the wrong thing is just, are we doing the thing that he's called us to do? All right. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens and I am the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. And I'm excited to be here with you today. And as I mentioned, this is not only my first episode, but I have my first guest, a very special guest, Miss Julia Gentry. Welcome. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm honored to be your first guest. Well, first, thank you. because this. I don't know who should be more nervous, you or me. Um, I definitely think it's me. I definitely think it's me. So, (laughs) so I just want to give you guys a quick background on, on who Julia is. She is an author of the book, Dream I Dare You, a growth coach, a wife, a mother of four, soon to be five, and most importantly, a follower of Jesus. So let me get, you have nothing going on from what what I just read, nothing Nothing. at all. So So for those of you who are listening, before we even dive into this interview, if you could go down to the comment section and type in hashtag dream, you will be entered into a contest to win some some pretty cool prizes and a signed copy of her book, uh, Dream I Dare You. So you you need to read this book. It has been life-changing for me, and I think you can do the same for you and anybody else who reads it. So um, Julia, again, thank you for, for joining us today. So, so it's been a... It's been a few months since I've seen you. So how have you been? What's been going on lately? Oh, man. You know, it really is. People overlook the process of growing a baby inside of you. So I am (laughs) humbly, humbly doing my best to raise four, grow one. And truthfully, I'm, you know, I'm still running with where, where we left off, which is just spreading the message around this um, really God ordained conversation around dreaming and bringing heaven to earth. And so thanks for, for having me so we can explore this conversation. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. When I, when I read this book, I, I couldn't put it down. So I think this is definitely a message that I think everyone needs to hear, should hear, and I, you know, hope it's received by the audience today. So okay. give me a little bit of background. Like how did we, how did we get here? What motivated you to, to write this book? Oh man. You know, it's funny because my husband and I, we call it our, our midlife awakening. Mm. So when most people talk about a midlife crisis, we just kind of flip that upside down, but it was a time in our life where, you know, we had, we had really built the quote unquote American dream. You know, we had, we had had some successes in business, also a ton of epic failures, which we don't have time to go into today, but (laughs) we were at a time that after climbing out of, you know, the whole of all of those failures that we had done what everybody said to do, you know, we we built our business, we bought the house, we had the cars, the 2.5 kids, you know, we, we had just done all the things that people said, you, you know, you would feel successful or fulfilled. And yet we still found ourselves crawling into bed every night, asking a simple yet profound question, which was, is there something more, mm. you know, and, and my friends joke all the time because they're like, generally people, you know, they get a tattoo or they buy a new car or they go on a vacation and know that the gentry sell everything literally everything. And they travel the country in an RV with three kids under the age of five, (laughs) you know, like this, this was like our, our great midlife awakening. And, and we joke because on the road, you know, we travel for about a year and we had people say all the time, Oh man, this is the best time to do this with three kids under the age of five. And we were like, said no one who's ever done that, you know, like it was, it was a lot. It was awesome. It we've, we've seen some of the coolest places. 
Um, but for me, it was really, it was really my time of like coming to Jesus of mm. just realizing, you know, I've grown up a Christian. I know Bible verse after Bible verse, right. But there's a difference between knowing God at a head level and experiencing God at just like, such a tangible level that it, you know, transforms you. And so this was my time of recognizing that maybe I had more control issues than I thought. And, you know, maybe, maybe this question of, is there something more was actually, a more ordained question than just a practical human, you know, like midlife crisis type of thing. And um, anyways, it got me to the point that I was, I mean, I was really hungry for that answer. You know, I was, I was really, I needed that answer because the things that people told me that should be fulfilling just weren't. And I, I didn't want a spoon fed message anymore. And I didn't want to just know God. Like I wanted to I wanted to feel God and, you know, I, I, and so it was, it was great, but little did I know it was going to lead me to writing this book. So anyways, kind of long story short, but as a little bit of an impetus of, of where this message came from is one night I'm crawling to bed. We're in the RV, we're in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, my husband puts on the movie greatest showman, Mm -hmm. which I'm notorious for falling asleep at every single movie. I don't watch movies. I don't enjoy movies, (laughs) you know, like not my love language is not watching movies. (laughs) And so he puts it on and I'm the one that stays up till one o'clock in the morning, finishing the movie. He's asleep within the first 10 minutes. And I, I joke now, but that movie, like just that, that was a pivotal moment of, of, I want that movie to be my life. And so I laid there in bed and I have this vision of, of, um, you know, what now I understand is just people who were walking around in the exact same boat. I was of just settling for, okay, fine. And good enough. Right. Just comfort, which now come to find out is the enemy of progress, just looking down, um, reactive to the world. It almost looked gloomy and sad and depressed. And and I just remember in this vision thinking, what in the world, what is this? And all of a sudden the words dream painted across the sky in fire, in fire letters. And um, I woke up from this vision. I think it was half asleep. And I just knew that, that God had imparted um, the algorithm of life, right. Of this, of this idea. And that's really what got me started down that. I, I mean, I, I hid that dream for, oh man, probably a year or two. I didn't say anything. Uh, I wrestled with it. Um, and I knew that night that, that God was asking me to write a book and, um, that's where it started. So my own, my own place of pain, my own place of questioning. Wow. So what made you wait a year before you really kind of like got into it or told anybody about it or started working on it or share what do you what do you oh, think oh man you know because it's like the whole process right like this <laughs> this is why i am convinced that it's not that people don't have a dream they just don't understand the power of one right because it's not actually about the dream it's about who we become along the way mm-hmm. and i think that you know we're about the destination we're about the end goal we're about results right like especially just in you know being in business or running an organization or all the things right like we're kind of about finish lines and end goals and that's just not what god is about he's after our heart and so even though he is he is the one that gives us these dreams it's not about the dream for him it's it's about our heart and so for me i had a lot of heart issues <laughs> that i i didn't know i needed to work through Um, trust issues with God, trust issues with hearing his voice, all the things that, again, you know, I I really am convinced that the process of the journey 
of manifesting the dreams that God's put on the inside of us is not for that end goal. Because what I think what God really understands is that the weight of the blessing is, is unsurmountable. I mean, it's just immeasurable, you know? And so he is after our ability to sustain it, not to just obtain it. And so I think that there was just so much groundwork that he was going to have to do within me to where, when this thing manifested, right. That I had the mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, relational ability to, to hold it. And, and that's what the process is for, you know, is, is that it, it's not just about being able to check it off the list. It's when I get there, I want to, I want to stay there. Right. Any addict, it's one thing to get free. It's another stay free. Right. It's one thing to get married. It's another to stay married. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, right. it's one, it's one thing to make a lot of money. It's another to keep a lot of money. And so I think that year, um, it was, it was, it was groundwork for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if the heart doesn't heal and the wounds don't heal, this does not happen. Is that safe? to? Good question. Um, I think I, I believe that if we don't break, we can never fully heal. So I think at some level we can get there. I just haven't seen a lot of people stay there, right? We can get a lot of places broken, <laughs> you know, like look at our world. We, we can actually accomplish a lot broken. Um, and, and statistically speaking, you know, we are in a time that you could Google how to anything and have pages and pages of answers, how to make a million dollars, how to have better marriage, how to, how to build a business, how to start anything. And you would have thousands of opinions and one, two, three step guides. And yet statistically speaking, we have really never been more depressed and suicidal and uh, right. More divided than before, which tells us that, you know, information is not the answer. And so um, what we do is we continue to pop pills and, and, and avoid and, and do it with brokenness. We're doing it broken in my mind in so many areas and it's, it's working. I just don't think it's sustainable. Right. It, it just hits me because we can do so many things right in our flesh and in our own strength and our yes. own, our own power out of our wounds, out of our emotions, but at the end of ourselves is where God is. 100%. And we need him to carry us, carry us through that. So to that leads me, I guess my next question then is how many times when you see people or you talk to people and you can just like, I know there's so much more in you. There's mm-hmm. so much more that you could be doing. Like, I see what God has in you. How do you respond to people who you can see are not living out their dreams? And it may not be, and maybe they don't even know it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, unfortunately it's, it's more people than you would think. Mm. It really is. I mean, I think that, um, I think that it's not a matter of, do I see them? I think it's in, it's in all of us at some level, right? I, I have to check myself even at certain times. And as I mentioned, this is a, it is a greatest showman quote, but for the sake of it being so spot on, you know, he says comfort is the enemy of progress. I remember years ago, gosh, I must've been 20. John Bevere said, um, if the enemy can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And so I think that what the, our greatest issue right now, especially as believers is, is not about, are we doing the right thing or the wrong thing is just, are we doing the thing that he's called us to do? And then are we dealing with the things in between where we are and where he wants us to be? That isn't about the practical one, two, three step guide and grind it out and all the things that even the world would tell us. I think that it's a, it's a, it's a hard issue. And then I think that there's a leveling up of really recognizing that 
for so long, many of us are just focused on safety, security, and stability. You know, we are, we're so focused on asking the world to give us something that it was not designed to give us and, and where we're really supposed to be putting our attention and building our lives from is from revelation. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually where it's not even, this book is not about, oh, have a dream, right? Like on a dream board of, I mean, yes, these things are great. And I'm not suggesting, you know, don't not travel in the RV and don't not write the book and all these things. But I think that there is a level of when you start dreaming God's dreams for any area of your life, right? Your faith, your family, your career, your community is I'm, I'm inviting people into a completely different um, thought renewal and mind renewal and focus renewal, right? Because I just believe we will build whatever we're focused on. And so you know, my, my desire for people. And oftentimes when I see them struggling is less about, dang, you're not, you know, you're not living your full potential is just, I want to know what are you seeing? And I want you to see what God sees. So you can start building from a different reality. Hmm. That That's the biggest thing right now is we, as believers, we need to know that our responsibility is to be building from a different reality. So in the book, you mentioned, don't, just see have greater vision so would you mm-hmm. think that's kind of where that that came exactly. from okay yeah because again if i am so connected to what i see around me i can't build what god's asked me to build because it looks impossible mm-hmm. right? we know this in the, in regards to to faith you know we hear that all the time faith is a, is a substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen again all the verses that we we know intellectually and then we forget the practicality of it you know it's almost like an example is amazon you know, Amazon, we know is now is the behemoth, right? But when they started 25, 30 years ago, they, all they started with was selling books, but their vision was to sell everything to everyone. <laughs> Any right. normal human in that boardroom would have been like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> like, that's not possible. Won't happen. Has never happened. Like you sell books, but what they, what they did is they, they made every decision strategically based upon where they were going, not where they were. Right. So Abraham, right. Another great example of this Moses, another great example. I'm trying to use like biblical and like literal practical examples, because what we have to start training ourselves in is I don't care what I'm looking at. I want to know what it is that you actually see. Right. Because anyone would say that it's easy on an easy day, but I want to know, are you, will it, will it look the same with you when you're looking at impossible? Right. Anybody can be motivated on easy days. Can you still be motivated when it's hard? Anybody will believe it when they see it. Can you see it when nobody else does that? That's really, for me, that is the jam of being a believer of we're not supposed to engage with what we see around us. We're actually supposed to be engaging on it heavenly level and then learn to live our lives from revelation from heaven from the dreams that god's given us right i hear you this is um i was my friend mark who goes to our church who you who you've met (laughs) um he's become one of my workout buddies and you know he and i were talking and i told him there's there's this myth that i enjoy going to the gym i i hate it (laughs) It absolutely i i hate it um i used to weigh over 315 pounds So I've lost about 110 pounds. And when people talk to me about it, one of the things that I tell them is I do the things I don't want to do when I don't feel like doing it, but I'm going to do it like I love it. Because in this case, the vision was I had to be, I I had to get this for my health. There was no other reason. When you got doctors telling you, look, you're going to be facing a heart attack in your early to mid thirties if you don't make, make this change. 
the people around me did not see this. <laughs> I had to literally visualize a completely different, different lifestyle because, totally. because the one I had was literally killing me. Yep. Um, so it's, I, I thank you for even, even sharing it. That is encouraging and motivational. So I'm yeah. probably going to go to the gym after this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> you actually had another quote in the book too, where you said going public with your dreams is sometimes you see something that nobody else sees that, that does not exist. So what would you say to encourage someone? Okay, you see something that no one else sees. Like God has put something in you that, that no one else may even believe that you can do. What, what advice or what encouragement would you give to that person? Man, exactly. So I'm going to just play on, I mean, I have a whole chapter about playing on the, the gym analogy. So this is a perfect segue. Um, get in the gym. It's all about reps. I mean, this is, you know, when, when God gives us a dream, you know, a lot of times then we, we do find even you and I were talking even before the podcast, like there's, 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 op- there's obstacles and there's some tension and there's some pressure. And um, it's not because we have a mean God. And sometimes it's not even the attacks of the enemy. Sometimes it, it's, it just is what it is. And you get in the gym, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and you give me 20. Why? Because I'm building strength. I'm building resolve with every obstacle and every point of tension and every, right? Like everything that comes up against me or leans in on my mindset or my emotional set or my spiritual set is an opportunity to lean in and go, what do I actually believe here? Do I believe that this is possible? Your mind might go, well, no. Okay. But is, is, did God tell me, right? And is he who he says he is? And, and, and has he called me to do this? And I need to get in and I need to get a map of just a, my reps in, right? To bridge the gap between where I am and where I need to be. Because once I get there, I want to stay there. Right. And so I think that, I think that as hard as it is, the dream is not designed to make you feel good. It's designed to make you be good, right? right? I mean, if we think about any, even your point, lose a hundred pounds, the day that we say that we're like, oh, that'll be awesome, right? right? Or build the business and have some financial freedom. Amazing, right? Or start the charity and impact this group of people. And we're like, yes, this feels good. That's why we like to set goals is because in the, in the process of doing that, we're connecting with that, right? That pleasure of like, yes, I can feel it. Well, but the process is not designed to make you feel good. It's actually designed to make you be good, (laughs) you know? And so when we get into that and we start to realize like, oh, I'm actually going to have to run and do pushups and make calls that I don't want to make and do the hard things and like face rejection and abandonment issues and all like, no, I don't feel good. And this is why people abort mission is because they're looking again to feel good. And we've been sold a bill of goods. It's not designed to make you feel good. Right. You know, and so I think that part of this is just remembering that, again, the goal is not the goal. The dream is not the dream. It's 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 who you're going to become along the way. Right. The feeling won't sustain you. Right. Because they they change. They they goes with it's like a pendulum. You know, if the the sun's shining, you feel one way. But if you're living in Cleveland, it's snowing an hour later. Your mood is completely changed along with your outfit. The same. That's right. That's right. Yep. So you've been taking this, this conference and this, these seminars all over. So have you seen any common themes about as, as far as that, how, how has that been going for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, yes, the common, the common theme is that simple yet so hard to overcome, but what, which is why I love this work is that the thing that God has in store for all of us, I really do. You do see the juxtaposition between where the enemy attacks the hardest you just can't make it up. I mean, it's, 
when you, when you really start to peel back the layers, one of the greatest things that we provide in this book and in these experiences is for people to really understand what is their limiting belief that has been really creating their reality, right? Like I'm just a firm believer that the world isn't happening to us. Things aren't happening to us, but it's, it's our, where our mindset is at, right? That our belief system is shaping our reality. And so um, when you unpack someone's limiting belief, and then you start to see their vision and their dreams, you're like, that you can't make this up. It is just, it's always the complete opposite. And so where the enemy designed to break us, you know, God is really using to make us. And when people start to realize that, man, I don't have to run in fear anymore, that I can actually run towards love. And I don't, it's, it's just such a cool, it, I mean, it's just a game changer for people. Cause you know, we would, a lot of times we're looking for the enemy's voice or we're looking for these like these attacks from, from Satan, which some of us do see, but a lot of times our limiting beliefs sound like ourselves, (laughs) you know, it sounds like an all too familiar voice of I'm not good enough, or I can't have what I want, or I can't trust anybody, or I'll never make it in life, or they'll never be enough. And there are these lies from the pit of hell that have been following us for years. Only it sounds like our own voice, (laughs) you know, so why wouldn't I believe it? So I think that's been the, the reoccurring theme is that you know, every, it, he just, the enemy doesn't know how to come up with anything new, right? You know, there's, there's, he's just attacking the, the, the greatest place of influence on our lives. And so our goal is to set people free so that they can run freely in the things that God's asked them to do. All right. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. So how long, how long have you been doing this now is going around promoting this book, having talking, having these conferences, how long have you been doing this now? Yeah, the book. So the book launched last year. So we, okay. um, it came out, right. I mean, it truly, it hits my editor's final editing desk, like right when COVID happened. And so at that point I was like, are you kidding me? Like this book is not going to land in a time of COVID, you know, because everybody was, you know, looking at, um, maybe it was two years ago then now that I'm saying this. Um, but that's when it hit. And then, um, once things started opening up, we started traveling again. And really this last year is when we launched, um, the life group curriculums for churches and the dare to dream conference, where we actually bring the experience to bigger groups and organizations. And, um, so that's our goal with this now is just is big conferences. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make sure we share all your info because we want to get that out as much as humanly possible. So cool. you know, everybody needs to check this out. So, so for someone who's listening right now, who may want to write a book, describe what that process was like, like how, you know, from, I guess to, from, I guess from beginning to end, what, what was that process like? <laughs> oh, it's excruciating. It's, <laughs> oh man. I remember my editor, Bobby, he, I loved him, but he said, Julia, if you're really writing the way that I believe you're going to write and you really feel like you're a born author, he's like, it's basically like getting naked and walking in front of a thousand people on stage. And I was oh. like, is that supposed to convince me to do it, Bobby? Like, cause already like, oh my gosh, it's taking me years to get to this point. He's like, I just want you to know there is a vulnerability of putting this work out there because it, you do it because you can't not do it. Um, so for me, I didn't realize how much of this really was a journey for me. And though now I get to sit at the incredible spot to see so many lives transformed. And I mean, the amount of testimonies that we're getting and people who now it's their go-to Christmas gift and their go-to birthday. I mean, it's just, you, those are the dreams of like what I had originally wanted, but Um, the process of writing it was, it was really for me. And so I would say to anyone who, who wants to write a book is, is one, do it. Um, it is not perfect. Just like you go into the gym, there's days you don't 
feel like writing. And sometimes those are the best days to write, not when you're on this high, but just when you're, you know, you're just, it's just real. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just trusted the process, right? I didn't have hard guidelines. I didn't take a writer's class. I, I didn't listen to a bunch of experts. I really leaned into just learning about myself and my voice and God's tone and God's timing. And, um, would I recommend that for everyone? Potentially not, but I knew that that's what I would, that I would need. But I think for anyone, you know, at any point in time, you're gonna learn a lot about yourself. You're gonna learn a lot. You're gonna learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so how many different versions of the book before we got to the final copy? Like what, what was that process like? Oh man. Okay. So you're going to love this. So when I first <laughs> wrote the book, this was not for the church. So I have been a growth coach in marketplace ministry, um, really my entire career. Um, and so I was not writing this book for the church. Um, at that time, you know, I joke, but I was drinking wine and had probably way too many F-bombs in the book. And, <laughs> you know, I, I would reference God, but it was, it was for a secular market. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had submitted everything to my, my editor and Bobby said, okay, let me get in. You're going to probably need that. There's going to be four, a series of four reviews. And so when I got it back the first time, he said, JG, he's like, you nailed it. He said, as long as you don't have a ton of edits, we can take this all the way home. We don't need to do any, any more, which was awesome and super encouraging. And, um, I, for a week, I, I literally could hear the Holy spirit going, you're not done. I was like, bro, I'm done. Like this has been two years in the making, (laughs) you know, like this is, I mean, I was like, no, no, you're wrong. I know what I'm doing, but every night, like I could just sense this, that it's not done. It's not, it's not done. You're not finished. So finally, I, I remember the day, I remember exactly where I was in the room. And I was like, what, why am I not done? And he said, you forgot me. And I was like, no, and he said, yeah. And, and again, I don't have conversations with the Holy spirit. So when the Holy spirit talks to me, like yeah. it is, I have like a handful of moments. And I said, you've got to be clear. And he said, you're writing this to the church. And I was like, no, I'm not, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, like I drink wine. I drop the F-bomb. Like, you know, you look for all these things to like excuse yourself from right. The opportunity that he's presenting. And, um, so I, <laughs> I went to town on some, what I thought were minor edits, took out all the F-bombs, added scripture, the whole thing. And Bobby was like, JG, you added 25,000 words. <laughs> like you rewrote the book. And, and he's like, you paraphrase scripture. You can't do that. <laughs> you know? So it was just one of those that, again, you know, one of my limiting beliefs is I'm not as good as you think I am. And, you know, you're going to reject me. And so it was just another purging of, you know, just my whole team standing with me, letting it be imperfect, me paraphrasing the Bible, you know, just like in this process, my husband, and I got sober, you know, it was just such a cool, it was just such a cool journey. So, um, th- that, that piece for me was, was how we went. So then it went from there to, I never had a life group curriculum in mind, but there was another divine moment where we just felt really led to write the, the workbook and the journal, and then it turned into a curriculum. And so it really, it really has been led by God to the point to where it is now. Thank you for even sharing that, that testimony. That is, that is great. So <laughs> I grew up listening to DMX. So, you yes. know, the, yeah, the, the cussing doesn't, yeah, you I'm not encouraging it, but yeah, I just, <laughs> sometimes I keep it too real. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny, even to this day, you know, I, I I've been so, 
um, you know, the message is actually being just as well received in the marketplace Mm -hmm. um, as it is the church. And, you know, even my team before preaching will go, JG, no F-bombs. I'm like, got it. You got it. You, me, you, me both, (laughs) you know? And, and so there's just been this level of, you know, you, you know, I think that the hardest part about clarity you know, is the responsibility. Once I'm clear, I have, I have to take responsibility. And so my commitment to God, every single part in this whole process for me has been God, as you show me more, I'll respond. And so just the rough edges, you know, and and the place that we want to hide or the areas of rejection or the things that we don't think we're doing good enough. I just had made this commitment from that day forward of like, God, there's, there's a ton of rough edges here, but I'm willing and, and so, yeah, it's, it's even just that my team going, no F-bombs. I'm like, I'm on it. I'm on, you know? And so even just that consciousness of I'm going to keep it real and God refine me, make me better, you know? So he's, he's so gracious in that. People want to follow leaders who are authentic and honest versus yeah. right. And just some cookie cutter image. Mm-hmm. I always say, well, I'm going to keep it real with you every time. And I'm yeah. going to try not to say those words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair>. Yeah. <laughs> So how would you, and I don't, how would you encourage someone to get past their, their limiting belief? And for anyone who doesn't know, maybe you want to explain what, what a limiting belief might be. Yeah. A lim- so a limiting belief oftentimes is not just a thought that comes and goes, right? All of us have negative thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. They leave thousands at any point in time throughout the day. Um, a limiting belief is one though, that like, I've actually formed a, a narrative around it. I have a worldview and, and not because it's true, but it feels true to me. And oftentimes it's developed really early in age. Um, and then we just live most of our life through the lens of, huh, I wonder if this is true. And I wonder if this is true. I wonder if I'm not good enough. I wonder if, you know, I'll never be at all these things until at some level, the brain goes, okay, just locked and loaded. That is true. And so it becomes my worldview. It, it actually becomes the, the lens in which I see things, which is why I can read you and I could read the exact same scripture and it'd be totally activated in your life, but completely paralyzed in mine is not because the scripture itself is not true or real, but for you, your limiting belief didn't stop you from absorbing the truth. Mine did. Mm. Right. So from the, the, we have a process that actually helps someone identify what their limiting belief is. Um, but you know, it's, it really comes down to once you identify what it is, right. There's so much power in this is that we all have some ideas around what's stopping us, which sometimes is based on circumstances or our upbringing, but a lot, it's never that it's, it's what we view about our circumstances. It's the truth about my upbringing. Right. Um, but the power of this is just like research has shown, even with an addict, the reason an addict will go back to their addiction of choice, any kind drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, you name it. The reason I will go back is not because I want to, but because I don't actually replace it. So there is a familiarity around a lie that even though you and I could go, ew, gross, like this is not who I am. This is not, but if I, one, don't know what it is. And then two, I don't replace it with the actual truth. It's just too easy to go back because the void, nobody wants to be left with a void right? It's, it's like, though the lie is a lie, it served me, right? It, it taught me about, so if mine is, you know, I'm, I'm a fraud, I'm not as good as you think I am. It, it protected me to do all the right things, right? Make sure that I crossed every T and dotted every I and made all the checklists that I needed to and had a controlled environment and all of those things. So if I just took that away, now, what am I supposed to do with my control issues? You know, like, what do I do with the OCD behavior? Well, I have to replace it 
with freedom, with something to run towards so that I'm not addicted to the pattern. I'm addicted to the freedom. Right. Right. So, so the process here that we do is oftentimes taking what the lie was and actually replacing it with truth, taking the thing that was stopping us and giving us something to move towards taking away, uh, you know, the, the thing that limits us and giving us a, a limitless heavenly perspective. And so that exchange, um, though can be transformational and it like instantaneous, sometimes it's also just working that muscle, hmm. right. To the point of being in the gym, it's doing squats, but now doing lunges. And how many of us know that that works a different muscle, right. <laughs> you know, like, right. Oh, that feels different. Like, right. right. So I go in doing squats. I'm like, I can own that all day long. Well, now I need you to go in and do, you know, something just a little bit different, some lunges. And you're like, I'm not good at that. Well, of course you're not good at it. It doesn't mean that it's not going to make you better. You're just not good at it yet. So right. that's why truth sometimes is hard because you're like, well, I don't feel like the truth or this Bible verse or what God is saying, I don't feel like it's real. Well, but it doesn't mean it's not. It also could just mean that the lie has felt so real for so long that doing a lunge feels awkward. Just like knowing that you're a child of God feels awkward or that you have the freedom to be who you are feels awkward. It's only awkward because you've believed a lie, not because the truth is less true. Right. When I, when I first got saved, I think it was like 12 years ago, one of the verses that really to this day sticks out to me is, is Ephesians 4, 20 through, through 24, where it talks about the putting off and putting on. And I was related to the concept of, of once you get clean, why would you put on dirty clothes? Yeah. You know, or, you know, you leave the gym, you don't get in the shower with your dirty clothes on. Yeah. It's I, when I put this off, I have to put something in its place to prevent me from going back to where I used to be. Yeah. Um, because I struggled with addiction for a long time in my life and it, stopping it wasn't enough yeah. because now I've got all these hours in the day where I'm just not addicted and it's just idle time or gaps. Yeah. It's like, what is going to fill, fill this yeah. time? And it wasn't until I started putting on you know, going to church or going to, to small groups, making new friends, deleting phone numbers out of my phone, yeah. you know, these kind of things, um, to going, going to the gym, you know, watching different TV shows, listening to different music, like, you know, not even saying music and TV is bad. It was for me, it was, it was enabling, you know, issues that I was having. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so putting off is never, it's never enough. It's a good start, but you yeah. can't, you can't rest there. So yeah, I know. Absolutely. And I think whatever you're going to replace it with has to be real. Right. You know, a lot of times, again, we're, we're looking for kind of a mediocre fill or even, um, an iteration of what we used to do. And, you know, like for me, when, when I stopped drinking as a good example, I didn't drink a lot. I just drink often. (laughs) (laughs) I drink often. Um, but I was actually really uncomfortable in day-to-day conversations because I'm just, I love depth, right. Which you can tell with my work. Like I love the deep waters. Well, when you took alcohol out, it made go entering a lot of those relationships still really challenging because there was a part of me that wanted depth that the alcohol could curb the need for depth because it would kind of just preoccupy my desire to have deep, meaningful conversations. Well, then there was a little bit of a gap of, well, how do I do this? And, and who do I want to do this with? And what is this going to sound like? And I can do this in my career, but man, I have for years, I've never done this in my personal life because I've had right that alcohol as a go-to source to do that. And so mine wasn't instantaneously like this replacement, but I knew that I was going to need to work towards that. And so the first year was really about restoring connection and learning how to do that 
awkwardly, <laughs> you know, and without a little bit of a dream, you know, just, and again, we're just talking a glass of wine just to kind of cur- like, we're not talking about real big issues, but it was enough to where I, I had to be okay with that awkward in between, right. <laughs> you know, like, um, and then, you know, did some relationships change? Totally hundred percent. Right. But my, my standards started to increase too, because that's who I am. Right. People are like, don't talk to Julia. If you don't want to talk about the deep stuff, it's really true. <laughs> you know, like if I'm asking, how's your day? Yeah. I really mean it. <laughs> it's funny. You said that I make it a point when I ask people, how are you doing to stop moving? And people will tell you, I'm not a stop moving person, but if I ask yes. you how you're doing, I want to know. <laughs> yes, totally. I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk about the news. I, I really genuinely want to know how you doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, I want to know what's going on in your spirit. How's your soul doing today? What's, totally. What's... <laughs> people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help. I'm a fundraiser too. So people already run when they see me coming. Like this guy's either going to ask <laughs> sure. me about Jesus. Yeah. Ask about Jesus or ask me for my pocketbook. One of the it's two. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's okay. I've just gotten faster. That's all. They can't outrun me. 100%. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll chase them down. In a good so way. In a good way. In Jesus name. name. <laughs> so I actually haven't seen um, a lot of the life, the life group curriculum. So if you want to share, share that, like how, how does that fit? Like what some of the churches might be looking for? Like if you're looking to do a small group, yeah. how, do, how does this, how does that fit for them? Yeah. So we, it was, it was really designed thinking of um, someone like yourself at home, just wanting to dig deeper all the way to a home church, all the way to right the, the big massive churches. And, and so we have a book and a workbook, um, as well as a journal, um, that just walks people through, um, you know, the, the whole process of dreaming, same thing that you experience at the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also has access to, um, videos and leaders guides. And so in theory, it could function completely outside of me and really as a program for, a full church. I would encourage, you know, here, here's what we've started to find is that there is a language to this. And, and so community is so important when you start to dream. And when you start to look at limiting beliefs and even, you know, your example of once, once you start to kick down the walls and you look at addictions or fears or limiting beliefs, and you start to unpack the dreams that God has for you, you start to realize this is really going to be a community affair. Um, so I would encourage if you're going to do this, um, do this with a spouse, a group of friends at, at me minimum. Um, I love, right. Your, your church have brought it in for the whole church to do together. That's incredible. Cause now you're all talking the same language. You know, there's, there's an, there's an understanding there, but that that's what the curriculum is. Okay. Perfect. So is there, so sometimes this happens with, with small groups, is there like a size or should I say, how many people do you recommend being in a group for, for a discussion like this, Yeah, especially would, for deep water conversations? Good question. I would say eight to 10. Eight to 10. Okay. Yeah. I would say, I would say eight to 10 is a good number. So I've been looking online. I saw the dream factory. So are you, are you looking to expand the staff? Cause I, there's gotta be somebody who's listening right now is going to want to come work for you. So I figured I'm going to love that it. Question. Oh my gosh. So we're, we're actually, that's so funny that you say that we're actually getting ready to, to create a whole ambassador program. Um, which is no, I can't, I can't employ, I can't employ the world of dreamers, right. but we would love, 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 um, two things. One, people who read this book and really become raving fans. We've had so many incredible people. So we're, we're creating a little bit more of a keep in touch with us program, but also for people who um, need that community, you start to look around and go, maybe my community can't provide that. So we are um, getting ready to launch post baby, 
um, our whole ambassador program that's going to fill the souls of people who just love it and want to tell the world about this, um, as well as people who are, you know, I truly can't tell you how many emails and text messages I get of people like, I quit my job and, and I got a tattoo and my conviction statement and I did this. And I'm like, I need to make sure that people are signing something that does not hold me liable for any life decision <laughs> that has been made after reading this book. But the idea would be, right, like, we, we want to, to create a community that, that continues to activate heart, mind, soul, and super practical tools. So um, stay tuned for amb the ambassador program. Well, do I'm actually, I just updated my resume where you were explaining that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, don't be, don't be surprised you if I'm in one of those text messages as an ambassador for this. So, so I, I want to throw this question out there. Just, I'm curious. So from where you are now, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, knowing what you know, now, I know we're talking hindsight, what would you say to her? I mean, I think that I would, it, it would be, um, you know, my vision and my conviction statement, you know, mm. I've had to retrain, you know, Eric, I didn't have, I didn't have a traumatic upbringing. Um, my parents got divorced when I was five, but it, it triggered me like trauma. Mm. Um, I shut down. I was five years old. I remember the day for years, I downplayed it. Not that big of a deal. It was a statistic. You know, my parents did great with, with the divorce. I mean, I just on paper, everything looked fine. Um, but I was dying because I just went numb. I mean, I just went cold. So I think for me, why this work, um, I've championed this for so long is that it, it's part of my, my life. You know, it was when I got my life back when I understood what, what vision was and conviction. And it was because I was asking these crazy questions. So for me, I would, I would go back to that little girl and I would say, you, you keep creating uninhibitedly and live free. Mm. That's my vision and my conviction. And so, right. It's what I got tattooed on my arm. You know, it is our message is freedom. And so, but it took me, I mean, I used to sob listening to myself say that because there was so much pain around that and so much fear and, and 25 years of, of a narrative that was like, I can't do that. And so, um, though I, you know, again, to that, my earlier point of like, none of this work again, made me feel good at first. Like it was hard to hear that, like to live free and to create uninhibitedly. My world did not tell me that that was a safe thing to do. Um, but that's what I would tell her. That's what I would tell anybody now is, is to live uninhibitedly, to create uninhibitedly, live free, right. That that's, that is my message. There you go. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So that kind of leads me into one of my final questions for you. So what is, if you, someone asked you, what would you say your dream is? Oh man, I, I think it would, it would truly be a world where we create uninhibitedly and we're bringing heaven to earth, right? Where we actually get to see the tangible results of what the Bible talks about of like, may, may our lives be the center point on which heaven turns and so when Jesus comes back, we see those pieces of heaven here on earth. Yeah. Like that's amazing, right? Like, like it, there's even these ideas of, you know, we have this whole kids division that I want to launch because I just, I want, I want to give people a mindset that, that tells them who they are and whose they are before the world has the opportunity to tell them anything differently and to create from that place, right? To create from revelation. Some of us have to unlearn all of our survival stuff in order to relearn how to live from heaven. And it's like, man, what if we just all did that from the beginning, <laughs> you know? So that, that would be my, my dream is to truly be a part of that manifestation of letting our lives be the center, you know, that heaven, it just centers around our life. 
what I don't even know that meme that, that's on. It's not even a meme. It's one of those slogans you see on like Facebook or Instagram where it says you've done such a great job at surviving. Now you have to do a good job at living or something to that effect. I probably butchered the slogan, but so, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's really, yeah, that, that would be, that would be my heart. So you're looking to do a kids division for this and ambassador. So we got a lot to, to stay tuned for. And this is post baby. This is post post baby. Get right. Just get over this next obstacle. I don't know <laughs> right. if you're listening, but I got two weeks in the cooking process and then we are, we're running. All right. I promise I won't text you or call you in that. I'll, I'll give you at least two weeks. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> that brings me to the segment of this podcast called let them know. This is where I give the guests an opportunity to share anything that they would like with the audience, anything that they would want us to know, anything that's on your heart. The floor is yours to share. So feel free to let them know. Oh, man. I mean, I think that last question, we kind of drilled down into it. But more than anything, you know, my heart is for people, no matter where you are, whatever your background is, whatever whatever obstacles have been in your, in your way, whatever mindsets might be, you know, trying to prohibit your progress is just the, the ability to know that none of that has anything to do with who you are and whose you are. Mm. And that though it might've been a tactic to stop you, it will ultimately be the fuel to the fire you know, and so I think that now the next is just to, to trust the process, just to say yes. You know, so oftentimes we think that boldness is like the storm, storm the fiery gates. And it's not, in my experience, it's just the willingness to say yes. I didn't want to write the book. I did, right? You didn't want to lose 115 pounds. You just said yes. You didn't want to start this podcast. You just said yes. I can't not do this, right? So boldness is just the willingness to say yes and to step into obedience and to watch what God can do. So for anyone listening, I would just tell you just boldness is not, oh, I feel strong. It's just, okay, God, I'll surrender to your arms and say yes. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a very, uh, that is amazing because it, the boldness comes, God, I'm just going to do what you told me to do. That is yeah. boldness. It's boldness. Yeah, no, I don't feel like doing, I don't feel confident. People are like, well, when I feel confident, no, you're not going to feel confident. Confident is a trust game. It is, it is not a skill game. So boldness is just simply the willingness to say, yes, I'll obey. Right. If I, if I waited till I felt like doing this, we would not be sitting here right now. Perfect example. (laughs) It took me forever just to hit the record button. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I love it. So true. I am going to see if I can get this on camera. Oh, there's a bright light here. Can do I have, there we go. I'm blocking out the light. I'm blocking on myself, but that's okay. Get you a, get a copy of this book. It is dream. I dare you. This is, this is great. Um, I actually am going to be giving one of these away. This is my last autograph copy, but I promise I'm going to restock with, with more, but you need to read this. It is also on audible. I'm an audio book person. So this is a great listen as well. So, but I figured I wanted to show everyone what the book looked like. So I had, a, had that copy right there just in case. <laughs> so Julia, thank you so much for, for coming on today and just sharing your, your testimony, your, your insight. And most importantly, thank you for your yes. Thank you for your yes to God. You are blessing and touching so many people. And I'm looking forward to everything you've got coming down the pipe. So thank you so much. Thank you. And best of luck with a new addition coming to the family. And thank congratulations you. to you and your husband on that. So Thanks. all right. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it.